Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I thank you so much for listening today. If this is your first episode you've listened to this season, then I certainly appreciate you joining in today, but it may be that you've been listening all season, and I certainly appreciate that as well. Again, our theme for this season, season four, is weathering the storm with the Psalms. I'm so appreciative to be on the Scattered Abroad Network. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and check us out on Facebook, like us on Instagram, and to find us our YouTube channel. Also, you can email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. And this is a network of, of gospel preachers striving to preach the gospel to the avenue of a podcast. This particular podcast is is designed to help all who are listening, all who are struggling, to look unto God and to find peace and confidence and assurance when the storms of life come your way. As we've been walking through the, the Psalms, we've paused to read and to study and to break down several of these in an effort to encourage us to get through difficult times. And with this, today we come to Psalm 102. And I hope that you have your Bibles nearby. And if if you're in a place where you can open them and join me in this study, I I hope that you will. It may be that you're driving and and you may not be able to open up a Bible. I hope that uh, some of the things that we talk about can help you in your own personal study and that you can read, study, and meditate upon Psalm 102 when you have an opportunity. I love the subscript that I have in my Bible, and you may have one similar uh, in Psalm 102, the Lord's eternal love. What a great topic. <laughs> what a great what a great thought. And so the eternal love of God is what we're going to be discussing today. Others have entitled this, A Prayer of the Afflicted, An Overwhelmed Heart and a Loving God, Faith Triumphing Over Affliction, and here's another one I really enjoy, Comfort in Prayer. That's so simple, but so important and so pertinent to our discussion of weathering the storm. Michael Gifford said, There is a beautiful formula to be found in Psalm 102. Take a person in distress. Add that person's recognition of his own frailty. Then add his realization of God's eternality. And finally, add the hope that comes from a heart that trusts in God's care. And the end result is fervent prayer. That was well said, but I'd like to add to that. The end result is finding what you need to weather the storms of life. That's what we have in in this psalm, and it's very, very powerful. Uh, It was perhaps written by one in captivity, overwhelmed by the state of the nation, as Roy Deaver suggests. Another possibility is that it is all messianic, and that Christ is pictured as the one who is suffering, especially verses 23 through 28. But it applies to any child of God who experiences moments of feeling overwhelmed physically, emotionally, and or spiritually. So for our purposes today, this applies to us as we strive to weather the storm. Our goal in each study is to read the psalm all the way through first, but this one's a little bit lengthier. So what I'd like to do is read it as we go through the outline so we can keep everything flowing well together. So we're going to start with the aim in verse 1, the aim. The psalmist says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. I believe that's so powerful. Sometimes we may be crying and and we're not directing that toward God. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. 
but God sees and hears our tears. I think about King Hezekiah. Remember when uh, it was said to him, get your house in order for tonight you die, and he was trying to get everything prepared and ready. And he turned to the wall and he cried out to God, and God says, I have heard your cry and I have seen your tears. That's just so comforting and powerful to think that when I pray to God, when I cry out to Him, I'm coming to the One. That That's where my aim is. I'm aimed and I'm focused on the One who loves me and cares for me. 1 Peter 5, 7. Verse 2, notice the appeal. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me. In the day that I call, answer me speedily. And so the psalmist here is in a very difficult place, isn't he? We know from the language, I'm in the day of trouble. I need a a speedy answer. In other words, I need your help, and I need it now because I can't do this on my own. And so there's the aim and there's the appeal. But then verses 3 through 11 is where we really start to see what he's going through. Here we think about the agony. And you may be listening to this and say, you know what, that describes how I feel right now. The agony, verses 3 through 11. Notice first in verses 3 through 5, the physical, emotional, and spiritual pain. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned like a hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. Because of the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. And I can't help but think back to my dad right before he passed away. He was not eating anything. He was so eaten up with depression, he he just didn't want anything. I would try to get him something to eat and take him to the store, and all he'd want was crackers. He'd eat maybe a pack of crackers a day, maybe. And there's times when you get to that point of, of depression that you may feel that way. But when I read these words, I think about him in the last few days. My days are consumed like smoke. My bones are burned. My heart is stricken, withered like grass, and I forget to eat my bread. I'm so deep in this state of depression. As a Christian, you may be listening and say, I'm I'm in a deep state right now. I'm I'm in a storm, spiritually speaking. My faith is struggling. I'm hurting. Listen, that that's that's normal because you're a human being. And as human beings, we, we go through those trials. Jesus did. He knew what it was like to hurt and be in pain. But you and I can 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 gain strength and gain comfort when we read these words, knowing that the psalmist went through this. He went through agony, and yet he knew that God can get him out of it. So there's the physical, emotional, and spiritual pain. Then notice, notice in verses 6 and 7, very interesting language here. He was feeling lost and out of his element, out of his environment. I am like a pelican of the wilderness. I am like an owl of the desert. Do we see pelicans in the wilderness or owls in the desert? No. They're at, that would be out of their environment, wouldn't it? That would be out of their element. He says, I lie awake. I'm like a sparrow alone on the housetop. This concept of lying awake is found all throughout the book of Psalms. But I did some research and study on this phrase, like a sparrow alone on the housetop. When a sparrow loses its spouse, it will be very depressed and it will find a place to dwell alone. wants to be alone. 
Maybe he's going through the loss of a loved one at this point in time. Maybe he's just going through some affliction. He's just overwhelmed with it. But the word picture there is this sparrow on on a housetop alone. The mate is gone. He's extremely sad. That's the kind of feelings that he has at this point in time. He's feeling lost. He's out of his environment. But then in verses 8 through 11, consider the brevity and difficulty of life. My enemies reproach me all day long, and those who deride me swear an oath against me. I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping. Because of your indignation and your wrath, you've lifted me up and cast me away. My days are like a shadow that lengthens, and I wither away like grass. When I read that, I can't help but think about Job. You know, Job felt like that's, you know, that's what was going on with him. Man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble, Job 14.1. Job experienced that kind of agony. You know, we talk about the physical, emotional, spiritual pain. Job felt that. But here we are several thousand years later, and you and I, even as Christians, we may feel that way too. So the psalmist is very real, and he goes to the right source. The aim and the appeal is to God. But he's very real in this emotion of his agony that he's going through. But then in the fourth and final place, verses 11, or 12 through 28, rather, here we have the assurance. The assurance. So we go from the agony to the assurance, from the pit to the palace, from the valley to the mountain peak, all in this one section. He has assurance in God in three specific ways. Number one, there is assurance that God would intervene, verses 12 through 17. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. The Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute. He shall not despise their prayer. Notice that assurance that God would be there. You, O Lord, shall endure forever. Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. Malachi 3.6, Exodus 3.14. I am that I am. I'm the self-sustaining one. He will endure forever. But then also verse 13. Think about Zion here. You consider the time of the captivity. But you could also consider the Christian dispensation. Hebrews 12.22 and 23. Assurance that God would intervene, that he would rise up and help him get out of this agonizing pit that he found himself in. Number two, there's assurance that God would encourage. Verses 18 through 25. He says, This will be written for the generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That he looked down from heaven, he heard the groaning of the prisoner, he released those appointed unto death. And the people are gathered together, the kingdoms will be together to serve the Lord. He, he can talk about the things that God would do. He says, I'm going to write these things down. And there we're reminded of the power of the written word. The power of the written word. Romans 15.4 says, The things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Patience, comfort, and hope. The Scriptures provide that. And so the power of the written word. God has preserved His word for us, and we can go to it. We can find strength in time of need. I wonder sometimes if we, we don't use the Bible the way it's intended to be used. 
And what I mean by that is if we're not careful, we can just read it and check off a box. And so, you know, this is my daily reading plan. I read it. Check. Moving on. I heard Hiram Kemp one time say, we hear about daily Bible readers. What about daily Bible doers? I think that's exactly right. What, what are we are we meditating on what we read? Are we really studying and, and applying what we're reading to our lives? Does it does it come into our lives and take residence where we believe these things to the point that we act on it by faith? So the psalmist had true faith that this is what was going to take place. And he had assurance that God would encourage. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, we have a reference there in verse 25. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. We can know, of course, that this was uh, related to God and what he would do. He, he would provide that encouragement for the people of God. But then number three, not only would he have assurance that God would intervene, that God would encourage, but there's assurance that God would endure. We've already alluded to that several times throughout this text, but specifically verses 26 to 28. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same. Your years will have no end. Children of your servants will continue, and their descendants will be established before you. I mentioned earlier that verses 23 through 28, I have some messianic tones there, thinking about Jesus as the one suffering. But here we emphasize something that is so important for us in our study and in our perspective of weathering the storm. They will perish, but you will endure. They will change, but you are the same. You know, we don't know specifically what the psalmist was going through. We know that he was afflicted. We know he was overwhelmed. We know he's pouring out his complaint unto the Lord. We know that he is aiming his prayer in the right direction. We know his appeal is right from a sincere, genuine heart from what we can read. We know that he was in a heavy, heavy state of agony. He was hurting. But we also know that he felt assured and confident that he could get through this. And noticing and bringing out this point that all these things are going to perish. But God will endure. They will change, but God will stay the same. Let's think about that as we bring this study to a close with the storms that we face. The storms that we face will perish, but God and His love for us will endure. You know, it's, it's easy to say that when you're not in a storm. When you're in the midst of it, you may wonder, am I ever going to get out of this? Am I ever going to find a way through? Again, we go back to Job. wonder if he had moments like that. Am I ever going to get through this? Let's remember that this too shall pass. The storm that we are in right now, it will perish. It, will, it ain't going to last forever. So there is end, an end in sight. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And it's all because God and His love for us endures. So that contrast can help us in our daily lives. But then, the storms of life will change. But God and His care for us will remain the same. 
You know, you may face a storm at the age of 18. That's a whole lot different than a storm that you face at the age of 50. Or you may, you know, face a storm at the age of 50 that's a lot different if, Lord willing, you live to be 90 years old. Think of all the different things and trials and storms that you're going to face over the span of all your life. And even though those things change, they get more severe, they get more difficult to handle, your, your faith, if you continue to look at them with the right perspective, will be strengthened and be stronger with each trial and each storm that comes. And while those storms may change, God stays the same. There's assurance that God can intervene, that He can encourage us through His Word, and that He will endure. And so if you find yourself in the storm and you think, there's no way I'm getting out of this, I'm overwhelmed, remember to look unto God, and He can get you through. I thank you so much for listening today to episode 15 of Weathering the Storm. As we have read, studied, and discussed Psalm 102, I want to encourage you to go back and read this psalm for yourself, to meditate on it, and I hope all of us can apply these thoughts to our lives, being reminded of the eternal love of God. I want to read that quote that I read earlier from Michael Gifford. Now that we have read through and studied this psalm together, and let's think about what it means and what it says and apply it to our lives. There is a beautiful formula to be found in Psalm 102. Take a person in distress, add that person's recognition to his own frailty, then add his realization of God's eternality, and finally add the hope that comes from a heart that trusts in God's care, and the end result is fervent prayer. May we look unto God for guidance, for strength, for comfort, for direction, as we strive to weather the storm. Thank you so much for listening. As always, may God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.